the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Ken Yang is sitting here in my studio and looks at me just now and says, you know, 5 a.m. is early. Yeah, well, 3.30 is even earlier. Let me tell you, I get up at 3.30 in the morning, get ready for the show. You, you you don't have to worry about what we're going to talk about. You just show up ready That's to right. talk. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we were sitting here talking before the uh, the show about how everybody now is so uh, has no patience. That's right. You know, you were calling it the Amazon syndrome. Yeah, basically. Amazon Prime syndrome. Everyone's now, 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 immediate. Uh, there's a comedian. Uh, that mentioned, you know, they'll change Amazon Prime to Amazon Now because uh, <laughs> it's getting to the point where, they, I mean, they, they're delivering stuff, you know, within 24 hours. But, you know, you made a point to me that I hadn't thought about. Uh, you know, we've got the Amazon, uh, uh, I guess, distribution center now here yep. in Little Rock, and it really has shortened the, the time of getting stuff. I know that most of my stuff comes either next day or at most 48 hours. That's right. That's right. I mean, I and they deliver, you know, um, all the way to like 10 p.m. You know, they're up, I was driving down my street. Uh, it was like 8-something. Oddly, there were two Amazon Prime vans on my street. <laughs> they're working, man. <laughs> my, my son-in-law works for... Uh, it's not for Amazon. It's for a person who works for amazon delivering i guess that they they go out and subcontract excuse me subcontract out to people uh for uh, delivery and stuff but he's out late this week yeah they're getting stuff out there uh, a lot more efficient than the united states postal service you know that that's what the united states postal service should do is call them in and sit down and talk to them yeah. Or maybe Congress should just call Amazon in and, and say, how much for you to take over the Postal Service? Look, people want to criticize Bezos and these uh, corporate uh, CEOs, but you know, there's something to be said about private entities versus public entities and how they run things. Well, one time I, I was uh, giving Bezos all kinds of problems. I was working up in, in North Dakota at the time, and they were building a big... Uh, distribution center up there and they were taking a lot of uh, free money from the government you know and tax breaks and everything and i said this guy is building all of these distribution centers and saying that he's going to hire all these different people and he hasn't turned a profit yet this is before he ever turned a profit now he's turned a profit finally i guess society finally caught up with his vision yes i think he started all this in, in his garage if i remember correctly um, and he's, isn't that where every entrepreneur starts off in their garage? I mean, that's where 
Bill Gates, that's where Jobs, yeah. that's where all those people started out. Yeah, I wish I could have started something in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a garage. That was my problem. I didn't, I didn't make enough money to have a house that had a garage, yeah. so I couldn't do that. <clears throat> it's just the way, that's the way it was. Okay, so here's the big story that I'm seeing today, and it's a rightly big story. We, we were talking about it yesterday. The COVID-19 bill came out, and... Um, Americans are getting uh, getting six hundred dollars uh, per person. So if you're a couple, if you're married, twelve hundred. If you got a kid, another six hundred. So you're getting eighteen, and maybe you get twenty four if you got two kids. I mean, if you're, you know, you're really out there procreating and trying to help the population uh, here of the United States. But yesterday, last night, the president came out and said, "Have you looked at this bill?" I had and had talked about all of the money that was going overseas to Burma. The, the one that really irritated me was the the gender education <laughs> in Pakistan. But uh, they had all kinds of money going out to foreign governments and uh, could have well given Americans more money if that was what was necessary. And I think it's necessary only because we're only in the position that we're in. Because the government decided to do what they did about shutting business down and things of that nature. So everybody got hurt. So I look at it as a as a tax money being given back to us. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah, but it's, uh, you know, it would be tax money given back to us if, you know, we weren't in the red. Well, and, I don't disagree with uh, that. But, you know, I, I tell, you know, someone, I saw someone post saying that this is not a bailout. It is It is a bailout. You know, the federal government uh, shouldn't be bailing uh, bad governors, uh, bad legislators for shutting down the states. Well, it, it at least a, they're not doing that as far as paying for uh, bad government over the years. Now, I think businesses deserve money. When the federal government tells them they can't do business, they do. But uh, you know the idea that you know well we got uh, twelve hundred at the beginning, six hundred now, eighteen hundred. The idea that eighteen hundred is the span of nine months is supposed to do something for the regular people. Not G- give much. Me, give me a break. Yeah, you now they're saying two thousand dollars. Yeah. That's what the president wants to give two grand, two k. And uh, I thought it was so interesting. The people that hate him, I mean, literally hate him, Pelosi and Sanders and AOC and all the rest, all were in his corner yesterday when he made that that announcement. Well, you knew it was bad when a couple of days ago, you know, AOC and Ted Cruz were on the same side about in having a 5,000-page bill and less than 24 hours to read it and having to vote on it. Almost 6,000 pages. Yeah. 5,593. That's the number of pages. And let me tell you what, if you're going to help people, I bet you five pages would have been enough. But they had, you know, it was a typical Christmas, you know, time bill. It it, it had everything under the sun, you know, hung on it. So because everybody knew, hey, they're not going to cut my piece of the pie out because they know that I won't vote for it if they do. And so we want to have everybody's vote. So everybody got aboard, and that's and and that's why people tell me, well, we got to be bipartisan. I said, nah, not so much, because that leads to what we're seeing right yes. now. 
But it shouldn't be hard to be bipartisan for the American people. Well, it shouldn't be. It should have been what they were voting for. <laughs> but they they put one thing, maybe two, for COVID relief and called it a COVID you know relief bill when the not other ninety percent had nothing to do with no. COVID nineteen. Who are all these people that wanted all the money going to foreign governments? I I want to know who put those those amendments into that. Everyone that bill. everyone that voted yes. Everyone that voted yes, uh, I don't. I don't and care. Why? I don't care what excuse you made. There's no way you don't know uh, that uh, all those things are in it. And I've yet to hear a congressman or a U.S. senator make a good exa- good good excuse of why they they voted yes. You know, you see all the oh, I'm proud to bring back uh, all this money to to my state, so on and so forth. And but it's, it's they just didn't not bring true. money back to their state. They sent money overseas. I mean, I, I'm not even wanting to give 500, was it, $500 million that they gave to Israel. They don't need that money. I'm sorry. Not our money. We don't need to be sending it. And I'm one of the biggest support. That's right. There's an Israeli flag That's flying right. in my That's studio. Right. I mean, if, if you want this to be part of the, the continuing budget to keep Congress open, make that separate. You know, have have your vote on your continuing budget as they always do. You know, the the fear of a government shutdown, all that. Vote the vote CR. on that separate. Uh, but continue, yeah, continue resolution, and then have a separate COVID nineteen relief bill. And so I don't I don't buy. I see the excuses. Oh, this is the year end. You know, they just put everything into one. I don't, I don't buy that excuse. You you either have a you have a COVID nineteen relief bill, and you have the continue resolution, two separate things if that's what you want to call it. Uh, but Trump, I think, made President Trump made. One of his better speeches last night, I think, in, in his entirety as, of being president. Well, I, I just would like somebody to stand up and say, why Burma needs $300 million? Why do we feel it's necessary to give $300 million? Is it because extremists are causing them problems there? And if so, why? What's going on over there that's causing it? You know, there's there's questions that i have and i'm telling you right now ken nobody's going to give us those answers no they never do they never do you ask and they say well just know that it was necessary well i'm you know i'm 67 and i haven't got the answer even (laughs) once i'd like to have the answer at least once you know because now i'm starting to think about my own mortality and and I'm, i'm i'm thinking i'll probably not get an answer until after I'm dead, and then I won't know. Well, I think his best point was I can't remember which which country he said it was getting all all this money, and he goes, and they're going to buy all their weapons from Russia. Yeah. So we're going to give the money to not buy American made weapons, but to buy Russian made weapons. Was it is it Ukraine that's going to buy? No, I don't. I'm just <laughs> just that's a joke. Okay, in the Crimea. Uh, yeah, I I got to tell you, and and. The Democrats went along giving the money to to uh, the folks over in the Ukraine after all the crap that went down about the Ukraine and yeah. and here listening to them talk about how uh, corrupt they are and everything. It's still business as usual in Washington D.C., which is giving our money away to other countries. Yes, and while well, um, businesses are shutting down, and local business leaders, owners, uh, waiters, waitresses. Are, aren't making money nope. congress is still 
you know, giving money away, giving money away to and, other ma- countries. and making up their own pay and making their own paycheck. That's where I fall with Trump on America first. Yeah, that money should be here in this country, helping our business leaders and folks. Yeah, I posted an article yesterday talking about the Senator Rand Paul, and I, you know, and I kind of posted, man, how am I starting to li- align more and more with Rand Paul? And then, <laughs> I, this is just this is just yeah, weird. I know you're not a libertarian. <laughs> I know that for a fact. All right, Ken Yang's going to be with us during this hour. Coming up next hour, Ed Monk will be here. Uh, also, State Senator Trent Garner, uh, Ed asked that we get uh, you know Trent on for the simple reason that he's re- pushing a bill to allow EMTs to carry. And my question and Ed's was, as we had lunch on Monday, couldn't they carry before? So we'll we'll, we'll ask that question. And if not, why not? So we'll, we'll want to talk about that. And uh, final hour today at 6 o'clock, uh, Joe and Duck will be around. They'll do your car questions. Uh, tomorrow and uh, Friday, it's special programming here on uh, our station at 101.1 FM, The Answer, so that uh, you can enjoy your holiday. I will not be here Monday. Robert Steinbach will be in filling in for me. Uh, I'm going to take an extra day off. I, I got to burn off my, my uh, vacation or I lose it, so... You know, I use it. Don't want to lose it. Just that's the way I am. Hey, don't forget about uh, Dustin Turner. Let me let me give you a great story. He doesn't. This guy does not even quit working during the holidays. He works for you during the holidays. For instance, asked uh, Devin and Harley. They put their cab at home up on sale with Dustin the week of Thanksgiving. This is just a few weeks back. Uh, they were skeptical uh, skeptical of listing. Uh, their home because they tried it once before and it had failed miserably. However, when Dustin ignited his proven marketing plan, he brought in four offers in two days. And of course, they were shocked that this was happening. Here's what they were really shocked about. Uh, They got uh, a, a sale on their home. They sold the home and it was for $7,500 over the asking price. It's those types of stories uh, that are not uncommon with Dustin Turner. How do you use Dustin Turner? Because this is the guy I'd use. This is the realtor I would use if I was selling my home right now. I'm not. I'm going to sell it either at the end of this coming year or the beginning of 2022. Uh, If you want the possible highest offer for your home, you don't want to give it away. You turn to Dustin Turner. And uh, you give him a call and ask him to use the home brokered by EXP Realty Plan. They can give you an instant cash offer if that's what you want to do. And uh, you can sell your home and sell it fast. Just call 501-952-2969. That's 501-952-2969. Or go online. I know a lot of you would rather go online than talk to somebody so uh, go to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com. And like I like to tell you, start packing because you'll be moving pretty doggone quick. That is Dustin Turner. You know, they're still looking for people for the COVID-19 uh, research study that they got going on. You can get involved in this so that you can really help them learn more about COVID-19 
Uh, this is Glasgow. Uh, who is it? Uh, not Glasgow. It's AstraZeneca? AstraZeneca. That's who it is. That's doing their phase three study. And uh, they need more people uh, to be in the study. Now, I'm going to tell you, they they need everybody, but they also need a lot of people of color. And they like you to get involved because people of color have taken it on the chin because of COVID-19. And they want you to help them out with the research on this. Now, if you participate in this clinical trial, you're going to have access to no-cost study-related care, you're also going to have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. You don't have to have insurance uh, to take part in this. A lot of people have been told, well, don't you know you can't get in that? You don't have insurance. You don't need insurance. They take care of everything on this. They're going to give you, whether it's the placebo or the real vaccine, all of that. There's no charge to you for any of that at all. Here's what you got to be. you got to be an adult, and you got to be in good or stable health. And uh, you can be uh, qualified for this study. And you got to call uh, 501-954-7822. Look, they're not doing a lottery. They're not pulling numbers out, and you've got a number, and if they pull your number, you go into the study. That's not the way this works. It's a volunteer study, 501-954-7822. That's the way they do studies in China. They knock on your door and say, hey, you're part of a study. <laughs> Roll up your sleeve and they stick you. Not here in America. You get to choose whether you want to be in one or not. Or you can go online to the letter C19, the number 19. So C19vaccinestudy.com to see if you are eligible for this study. So uh, do that, would you? I mean, this not only going to help you, it's going to help your fellow Americans as well. All right, Ken Yang is sitting here in the studio. We're sitting here chewing the fat about politics. That's what we do, and we I think we do it well, and it's good to have him with us. And uh, what's what's your plan now? What what are you doing the rest of today? You got a little more shopping to do? I got a little more shopping to do. I got to go, go into work, still work today, and uh, maybe uh, uh, my boss will let me out. Catch you a out little, early. A little early and uh, go uh, fight. Where we need to fight at the stores. Yeah. Uh, and then where is it? Where? What store do you still have to go to? It's not Walmart, is it? <sighs> That's. <laughs> oh, no, it is Walmart. <laughs> Boy, it's going to be packed in Walmart today. Yeah. Yeah. And whether you're going to buy Christmas gifts or Christmas meal, yes. you're going to be in with a lot of people. Yesterday yeah. it wasn't so bad, but today it's going to be crazy. Well, and I typically don't. Uh, shop at uh, target for obvious reasons yeah. but i have but i have a gift someone gave me a gift card to target so i feel like i'm not really shopping at target yeah with a gift card so i may go to target instead of walmart but i think it'll, it'll all be packed with with yeah. men i've got well i've got to go today <laughs> i need a couple of more packages of uh, salted butter because my grand now heidi knows this she has been aware now for the how long have you been my producer now? About six, seven months? Yeah. She's learned. I'm the baker at my house. And uh, my grandkids would be down in the mouth if I didn't make chocolate chip cookies and peanut butter cookies and all of that, which I do. I, I, I baked last night, and I baked uh, about six dozen cookies, about 70 cookies. And I'll, wow. do, I'll do another two batches of uh, 
of uh, Toll House chocolate chip cookies recipe, and then one Toll House chocolate chip recipe, half uh, semi-sweet chocolate, half uh, butterscotch That's chips. a lot of sticks of butter. Yeah, it's a lot of butter. <laughs> I mean, every, if you listen to the Ellswick household, you can hear our our uh, our veins getting hard. All right, listen, we got to get the news. All right, back with you, 635 in the morning. It's the day before Christmas Eve. It's the day before the night of Santa's big ride. That's coming on. NORAD will be tracking him. If you go to NORAD.com or .org, I don't know which one it is. I'll look here in a minute. Uh, you can, when you put the young ones to bed, you can go there on online and it'll show you where Santa Claus is yeah. in the world. You know, so you can watch it. They've been doing that for, wow, ever, ever. I remember something like that as a, as a kid. I had to kept stories about that when I was in the Air Force because I did all the internal air, um, information for the Air Force. And we would put out stories uh, to uh, civilian stations about it. And we got NORAD to cut these really kind of cool little vignettes, you know. And it had the sound effects in back of it and everything. So it sounded like it was, you know, you were at NORAD and stuff. So that was cool doing that kind of stuff. But the really, th- the big thing that we did that I enjoyed the most, because I was overseas most of the time that I was in the Air Force, uh, working because Armed Forces Radio is put together so that it offers military members overseas uh, free the information that they need about what's going on in America and stuff. And we couldn't be in competition uh, with the civilian stations here in the United States. So uh, all of us in the military were overseas. And uh, one of the big things that we did was uh, have our people that were stationed overseas, they could come by our radio stations and our TV stations. And you hear them here on the station. They still do it. Uh, and let them do greetings back home. Hi, this is Dave Ellswick. I'm I'm stationed over at uh, Anderson Air Force Base in 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 Guam, and I want to wish my my family a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and things of that nature. And then we would send it to the appropriate stations that had agreed to air them, and then a letter was followed up to the family telling them that they were going to be heard on XYZ station, and here's the number for the station. You could call the station and ask them when it was going to air. Wow. You know? That's really cool. Yeah, and it's, it is it is a cool thing for the people that are overseas. Yeah. And it's a cool thing for the families that are here and are separated uh, from, uh, from their families that are overseas. And that's something I want you to remember when you sit down for Christmas meal that there's a lot of guys that are up in uh, Thule, Greenland, or, you know, the Azores, or wherever they might be, and they're sitting down in the mess hall, and they're having Christmas right. dinner with their buddies and not with their families. That's right. And uh, that's one of the sacrifices you make when you're in the military and you're you're out there protecting the American way. That's right. That's right. And it's something to keep in mind, because there's a lot of people overseas, not as many as there used to be, but there's still a lot over, and there's still a lot that are in, you know, s-holes uh, in the world. As <laughs> as everybody got upset with the with the with the president when he called them that. But I'm going to tell you what: the ones that are get upset about that have never been over there. 
you don't know what it's like. And uh, if you did know what it's like, you'd say, you know, the president's right. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> they right. really are that. They are, you know. There's places, I mean, there's people do great things overseas. Uh, there's a lady here in locally works with uh, the Rwanda people. Yep. Um, and uh, they have a school over there. And kids want to go to that school. You know, one of, one of, one of the big things is it's not about education. It Every kid that goes to that school gets a mattress. And it's the first wow. mattress they've ever had. They've been sleeping on the dirt all their life. Uh, <clears throat> Americans, um, unfortunately, many of us uh, take it for granted of, you know, but we have a roof over our heads that we're living the greatest country in the world. Uh, we at Hendricks, we had a really good foreign exchange student uh, exchange program with Rwanda, and those students that came over, I mean, they were the happiest uh, students, young men, women that could be. They were so happy to be here. I mean, they were in Arkansas for goodness sake. There's probably a lot more exciting places to be as a foreign exchange student. Yeah. Uh, but they were just happy to be in America. And they that. were stunned at what we have. Yeah. yeah. And they always had a smile on their face. They always had a good attitude about them. And uh, we, we take it for granted. We take it for granted that there are people, as you mentioned before, protecting us. There are people that continue to do that, that have done that. And uh, so I think sometimes we forget. I told you that Ed Monk's coming in. Now, you know Ed. Mm-hmm. Well, Ed sent you a uh, text here. He said, if Ken is shopping for my gift, tell him my size is nine millimeter. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Ed. He'll be with us, and so will State Senator Trent Garner. That's coming up in the next hour, so you won't want to miss that discussion. And about EMTs, he's wanting EMTs to be able to carry. And I'm, I'm like, when when that came up and Ed and I were having lunch, we looked at each other. They can't carry now? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a, I, I, that seems that's a good weird. question. That seems why why were they told that they couldn't carry before? I just don't I don't get it. But you're right, Ken. Americans are spoiled. Uh, the majority of Americans have never been out of their own country. There's a majority of people that live here in Arkansas never been out of this state. Yes, and that you just you don't even have a you don't have an idea of how bad it is in some of these third world nations that. Uh, our military men and women serve in. And, yeah, uh, you know, you know not, uh, saying they, um, not saying they couldn't be like us. They could if they had despots that wanted freedom for their people. Uh, well, many, you know, many parts of uh, I've gone to Taiwan before. Many parts are still kind of real third world yeah. country esque. Get and, out in the, in the and, boonies. And my my family uh, is, is part of that. And uh, you know, as a kid, uh, it was a shock. I didn't like it. I've taken a, a a shower with a water bucket and a, and a and a pail and yeah with no running water. That's how you, that's just how you cleaned yourself, and it it was just crazy to me. You know, could live in here what? in no America. Hot water? Yeah. <laughs> like You're what in the world? Me. What is going? What when are we going back home? When is when is this awful vacation ending? Um, yes. <clears throat> but people don't uh, people don't uh, d- understand. People take it for granted. Um, and I think that's why you have more and more young people that don't believe we're the greatest country in the world because they don't understand. They've never been the other yeah. places. And when they go to other places, they're a foreign, they're a foreign exchange student for six months, maybe a year. Um, and all they see is the good parts. That's right. That's right. 
I often tell people, I say, if you believe we're so bad, choose a country that's we'll better for a year and go live. Go live there forever. Because if, if yeah, it's yeah, so move. good, move. Go live there forever. And actually, I think there should be a, you know, you talk about all this uh, pork and everything, government program. I think there should be a government program. If you don't love this country, if you're not patriotic, if you're like Congressman Ilhan Omar, then we should, oh, we'll buy your plane ticket. One way. One way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> One way. That's right. You can renounce your citizenship since we're so bad and awful. Yeah, we're not going to give you a round trip. Yeah. You get to go and stay. Yeah. Yeah, and make it better. But they over can't. There. They can't name any single country that that that, that will provide them the same opportunity no. that this country provides. That's everyone. why they're here. You know, she came from Somalia. She's right. here now. She didn't stay in Somalia yeah. because that's why she the, loved her yeah, country. And that's why the immigration problem is trying to stop people coming in here illegally. We're not having a problem of people fleeing this country because it's so bad. Yeah. Well, we say it at Thanksgiving. I'll say it again for Christmas. I'll say it, you should think about it every day. Every day when you get up, you should kiss the ground you stand on and thank God that you won the lottery to be born in the United States Amen. of America. I mean, seriously. We got our problems. I'm not saying we don't have problems. We got problems, but I can take you to places in the in the world that are a heck of a lot worse than what they are here, and 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 those are in even countries that you hear are really great places. Yeah. You know, you, everybody talk, wants to talk about Norway and Sweden and all of that places. You know, there's not a whole lot of people of color in that part of the of the no. world. To be honest, they're pretty <laughs> white over there. I'm just telling you, you keep that you keep that kind of stuff in mind. Keep it in mind. Well, look what they got there. Yeah, you might want to look at what you got here. That's right. Everybody wants to say the grass is always greener on the other side, and it typically it's, is not. It's not. I've it's been, not. I've been in some of those places. I, I love the Philippines. One of my favorite countries to go visit, okay? However, only in parts of the country do I want to visit. And typically, it's right around Subic Bay, where, uh, you know, we had such a huge military presence for so long. It's a, a deep water port, of course. And now it's a, a place where a lot of expats go to live. But you get out into the jungle. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what, you go about a quarter, maybe three miles into the jungle. And it's like you're not even in third world. You're in prehistoric times again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no sewer, sewage. There's no running clean water and things of that nature it's it's back to caveman days it's mud huts or bamboo huts or whatever with dirt floors and and all the rest now there's some places here in the united states only because that's the way the people want to live that are that way down in the (sighs) appalachian foothills and and things of that nature or cities run by democrats yeah or cities yeah baltimore (laughs) good place to go to see that or chicago and parts of chicago you can see that but uh, that's because of despots. That's uh, that's the only way I can put it. Yeah. But, but I mean, you know, we're, we're, I'm just traveling outside of this country. You know, I went through the jungles, rainforest, caving over there in Panama and Costa Rica. And would I want to live that way? No. Yeah. But, you know, thank goodness, you know, having money, being an American, you have a tour guide, 
you you have people to help you and all those things, uh, but on a daily basis, they don't have that stuff. And if you want to move there, you can move there and live like a king, Ooh. but it's only in little enclaves that you can live that That's way. right. That's right. It's not the whole country, folks. Yeah. You know, maybe on the beach looking out on the Pacific Ocean or something like that, but don't go too far away from home. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, when we crossed the border from Costa Rica to Panama, we're to get our uh, visa stamped. Papers, and the, si- the sign said uh, uh, $7. And the lady was like, that would be $8. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> <laughs> She's making a buck. Huh? Yeah, uh, that's a lot of money Money to them. Did you give them a 10 and tell them keep the change? Oh, no. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I counted my $8. She stamped it and said, I'm, on way. I'm not going to complain. If she asked for 10, I would have given her yep, 10, honestly. Just done what, what you had asked, knowing <laughs> that that's the way the government works. Yep. All right. Let me tell you about a brand new cleaning outfit. Uh, we talked about uh, this uh a few well last week we had uh christian on the lady who runs this and it's amazing place have you heard of saint clarity uh residential cleaning i have not okay you need to hear about this for a 1500 square foot home or less it's 200 bucks and they'll do a deep clean for your whole house now a deep clean is more than just running the sweeper dusting the cabinets and whatnot there's a lot that goes into it you need to talk to them uh, and let them give you the whole nine yards on that uh, if you pay three hundred dollars uh 1500 square foot and up now you get up to five thousand square foot or something there's probably going to be some negotiation that has to go into that but here's the great deal that we got for you uh here at 1011 fm the answer and the dave ellswick show if you'll just call here to the station at 404-6560 and talk to Chuck or talk to Lynn, uh, they will sell you for 50% off one of these certificates. So instead of $200 to clean your home, 100 bucks. Instead of $300 to clean your home, 150 It's a great deal. And guys, I know some of you have not done your Christmas shopping. You could call today at 404-6560 and order some of these and stick them in the stocking of your your wife, who probably does most of the cleaning around the house, and, 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 and have somebody do the cleaning for her, and she'd love that. Because I've not met too many women that are just, you know, in love with cleaning. So uh, do this for, you know, Christmas or give them to her. And she can use them whenever she wants. But St. Clarity uh, rec- uh, res- Residential, let me get it right here, Residential Cleaning can do all of this for you. One other thing I want to mention before I stop talking about them. They have a special part of their business that helps people who have gone through tough times. Uh, perhaps you've had a family member die, maybe a husband or a wife. Uh, maybe you've had a child die, like my daughter died earlier this year, and my wife went through a period of some pretty dark uh, depression uh, earlier this year. Uh, when that happens, you don't want to clean. Typically, you want to just sit and and let everything just take care of itself. Well, you can get that all done with the folks at uh, St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning. Why don't you buy some of those uh, 
you know, uh, uh, certificates and you could help somebody who's trying to get by uh, on kind of like, I don't know, one leg instead of two or whatever. Uh, think about that. That's uh, St. Clarity uh, Residential Cleaning. And you can get your certificates by calling 404-6560 and they're 50% off. There you go. Stock How much? $36 billion at that time. Okay, so that that was Bezos' ex-wife. Yeah, which made her the Heidi, world's 22nd we wealthiest person. You need to marry a billionaire and then just get divorced. Did you hear about Bezos' wife? Ex yeah, wife. she gave away see? over $4 billion. Listen. Yeah, yeah. 30, $36 billion. She's worth $36 billion. You know, how long were they married? 24 25 hours? years. <laughs> that's, that's over a billion a year. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty good job, I'm just saying. She, she held on for that long. He held on to her. Would yeah. Rod Stewart say, I'm not going to get married again. I'll just find a woman I really hate and give her a house and <laughs> half my crap? <laughs> I, I watch the game show network, and everybody knows that listens to the show. And I watch Family Feud and uh, Steve Harvey. Is, he's been married now three times, and he was talking about his first marriage. And he said, gave away a house, gave away his business. And he just goes, it went down the line of everything that he gave away. And then he says, and stupid me, I did it a stup- a second time. The exact same thing. Repeat offender. Yeah. He just kept kept doing that. Self-inflicted wound. Yeah, I just have uh, Steve Garner. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not Garner, Steve. Uh, Trent Garner just hit us. and Yeah. <laughs> We're ready. I'm just going to tell him. Come on. We want to talk. Yeah, we still want to talk. Because we got an interesting question for him. He's got legislation, evidently, and he, he confirmed it uh, with me, uh, Ed, that, yeah, let EMTs carry. And both of us looked at each other over lunch on Monday and said, they couldn't carry before? Evidently not. Yeah. we got to find out, Ken, why that I is. I don't get how you could bar someone from not carrying. Well, I... An employer can do a lot. The person that hires you can do a lot. For instance, I talked about this Monday as well. Your employer can tell you you must have get the COVID nineteen vaccine. Yeah, you know if you don't want to get it, that's fine. You can quit. You know, but uh, there, this is already you know people are asking and talking about it, but uh, it's not like the government. Government can't tell you. But well, there are there are still exceptions. You you are still protected by certain exceptions. From yeah, the religious yeah. type things. And dis- yeah. disability and religious exceptions. Um, but how many nurses do you really are you able to afford to have them quit? Yeah, I don't disagree with that either. There there is power in numbers. We'll see yeah, if because they already happens. don't have enough nurses as it is. See, I, one of the best statements I heard here just recently and we're running out of time and that was they don't have to take the second amendment away from us how many people are out there with their guns saying you're taking away my rights that's right they're not doing it you're not going to do it i don't believe that's that's the key I say this. Ed and I talk about that too. <laughs> well, I and you say, and I talk yeah, about that. I always say the Second Amendment was never created to subsidize 
the government to subsidize any entity, the state police or any any entity at that. Yeah, I don't disagree. You have a Merry Christmas, sir. You too. It's always Merry a pleasure Christmas. to have you come in. He actually drives in from home to be on my show. I told him you could do it by phone. He says, no, I'd rather come in the studio. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's a lot more fun. It makes it makes it easier to do to be able to see somebody. It makes me get ready and all that stuff. Yeah. If I, I, I would have just woke up and sat at my desk. I got you. <laughs> New, news is next. And Ed Monk from, uh, what's that place called? Last, last resort firearms, yeah. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be back. get back to it here on the dave ellswick show and uh, ed monk is here buddy of mine knows everything that is necessary to know about firearms and about firearms training he's with last resort firearms training and also on the line with us from the uh, the state senate is state senator trent garner and trent you came up in conversation uh, monday uh, ed and i were having lunch and uh, he mentioned to me, he says, you know, I think that Trent Garner has a piece of legislation not to allow EMTs to carry. And I said, they have to pass a piece of legislation so EMTs can carry. They can't carry already, which started us talking. And I said, well, Ed, why don't you come on? We'll talk about this on Wednesday. And I'll call the state senator and see if he'll come on and talk about this. They need you to pass a piece of legislation so that they can protect themselves in areas that they might have to go to that are not the safest places in the world or in Arkansas, if I'm hearing this correctly. Is that right? Hey, Dave, thank you so much for having me on. It's good to talk to you and my good buddy, Ed. Um, this is what the reality is. Um, you know, Ed's from Jefferson County. I cover Jefferson County in my district. And last week we had two brave EMTs on the scene trying to help a uh, woman who had been uh, hurt, and they were shot multiple times by a perpetrator. Fortunately, one of the EMTs had a concealed carry uh, weapon, pulled the weapon out, and engaged the perpetrator and killed them and stopped them from probably losing their lives and, more importantly, saved the life of the person they were working on. Uh, when that happened, there was multiple EMTs and first responders that reached out to me that said they'd like to clarify the both concealed carry law and maybe expand uh, what could be done uh, to protect themselves. Uh, the reality is I think that most EMTs could carry uh, right now if they needed to. I don't know if there's anything specifically prohibited in them from carrying in the law. But I want what I want to do is to make sure we clarify, you know, straight black and white they're able to carry uh, with their concealed carry. And another idea I had is maybe expanding uh, a certification uh, similar to how law enforcement can carry in certain areas and have certain, you know, ability to carry either open or concealed and uh, changing that with the Law Enforcement Training Academy, which is in my district, and give them a certification. Now, that second part is going to require a lot more work. I think the first part would be a very easy fix to uh, make sure EMTs are able to protect themselves. 
Hey, Senator, thank you very much. Is there any way, uh, so I'm, if I'm correct, uh, some EMTs are, are city or government employees and some are private company employees. Is that correct? Yes, that's my understanding of it. And uh, the backstop of this will always be the policy of the department or company that uh, employs them. Um, I am a free market person. I believe that a employer should have a you know pretty large rights when it comes to allowing somebody to carry or not. So as unfortunate as I think that you should allow somebody to carry who employs that, I didn't want to want to step on that relationship. But what I would want to do is to clarify and make sure that if that employee does allow somebody to carry, they're absolutely allowed to. I think making some few tweaks to law will make it more likely they're able to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not an attorney, not a legislator, but uh, I, I can kind of see maybe a carrot and or a stick. Uh, is there a way we could make private uh, EMS companies immune from lawsuits? Is it possible that maybe some of the companies might have rules not allowing their EMS attacks to carry guns because they're afraid of getting sued? Kind of like in the enhanced carry law, they made colleges immune if someone carrying with an enhanced license on a college campus uh got into something with their gun that person could be sued but the college couldn't is there any way that maybe putting in legislation something that would make the ambulance companies immune from lawsuits should their ems people use their guns is that possible yes i think it's very possible and it's it's actually a good way to describe it because i think that's probably the number one sticking point for these companies uh they know that their uh, personnel go into dangerous situations i'm sure they want to protect it most of the people out to talk to you know are strong second amendment supporters but they're worried about the liability both um, legally and you know with the media now you know here's the thing that somebody brought up to me what if an emt ends up shooting somebody and it it's, it's a questionable shooting, as we've seen with a police officer. Where does that leave the company? And I think that's a very fair point. My counter to that would be, um, as we could probably, as you can probably um, um, defer or think of, is a lot of these EMT are, you know, putting themselves, uh, protecting themselves anyway against company policy. And it's kind of one of them things. It's that old saying, would you rather be judged by 12 rather than carried by six? It's probably the same thing when it comes to a company. Would you rather be fired by your job or you know, be, have the ability to go home to your family. And I think a lot of people are making that decision. So I think if we're able to work with them, give them some kind of uh, liability protection to strengthen their ability to allow somebody to have that underneath their employment without any kind of uh, legal recourse, I think there's a lot of companies that would open that up uh, fairly quickly. Yeah, I think a lot of the times when companies make policies and when governments make rules and laws, they treat the the act of carrying gun like some technicality, like it's your lucky rabbit's foot, or you know you can't you can or can't have your dog here, you can or can't have your lucky rabbit's foot. It's not just the item of the gun; it's it's the right of self defense. If you tell that ambulance person you cannot have a gun, you've stripped them of their ability to defend themselves. And most citizens should try their very best to stay away from bad situations, but we pay the EMS people to go to the bad situations like, yep. like, like the police officers, but the police officers have vests and tasers and uh, tear gas and all the, all the stuff that can help them go into bad situations. Absolutely. And just as you know, I study the active shooter threat. There's so many times where EMT will not go in to help people that are bleeding out until it's cleared by police, which takes a lot of time. And you know, in Jefferson County, if you're outside a municipality, Depending on how many patrol deputies are on duty, 
you know, and Jefferson County covers both sides of the river. So you could call for an ambulance and the ambulance could get there. But if it takes another 20 minutes for a deputy to get there, uh, if, if the ambulance techs, the EMS people can't protect themselves, that could mean not only the ambulance personnel being at risk, but somebody bleeding out, dying, or by some other means not getting the care they need to stay alive because the ambulance personnel can't defend themselves. Now, that's an excellent point. And I think that's when the second kind of thought process comes into place, where the Law Enforcement Training Academy down there in Calhoun County, Camden, if they were able to come up, up with some kind of certification, say like a week-long course on firearm safety, how to engage a weapon, something that could specifically go to our EMTs, either that or the or the Fire Training Academy, which is down there well in my district, uh, and allow them to get some kind of certification so they can carry their weapon much more like a law enforcement than, say, a private citizen. Because the reality is, like you said, you know, if I'm still carrying, a, you know, a, a, a 380 pocket pistol, I probably don't need to walk into a, a, you know, an active situation because that can be very dangerous and you don't have the firepower to kind of keep up with it. But if I get certification and now I'm carrying, you know, a Glock 19 with three or four extra mags and I have body armor on, now you're a little bit more prepared to engage in that hostile situation and, and protect the citizens that we ask you to do. That's ultimately what this comes down to. I mean, EMTs put their life on the line. They, they know the real deal. And going out there and be able to actually do their job will save lives. Not only there, but save the lives of the people that they are protecting, just like we saw in Pine Bluff. They probably saved that woman's life because I'm guaranteed that gentleman who shot them wasn't going to stop with them. He probably was going to end up with her, too. And that's a citizen that gets to go home and be with their family and live because of what the brave MFTs did. If we allow more of those people who are already out there on the front lines to do this, I think we're going to protect lives. Yeah, allowing them to carry guns would not only give them the ability to protect themselves, but the people that they come to help. And I don't think a lot of people understand how many uh, physical altercations and fights that the EMS people get into. When I was in the Sheriff's Academy up in Kentucky, when I became a deputy up there in Louisville, uh, sitting next to me were four uh, EMS people that were in the Sheriff's Mm -hmm. Academy as well. And, and I just kept hearing them having conversations between themselves about how many fights they'd been in. And I, I, I couldn't understand why are ambulance people getting into fights. I mean, I see the ambulance people, the EMS techs, as angels coming to help somebody. But then they, they clued me in and, and educated me on the, the conditions that they go in and why they get into altercations when, when they're there simply just trying to help people. It doesn't make sense to the average person, and I think the average person doesn't understand it. But they get in confrontations all the time for simply just showing up and trying to help people. Agreed. And let, let me shift gears here a little bit. You know, you were talking earlier about the employees and the liability have. And what I'll say is I, I, I have genuine concerns and understanding where these companies coming from. But we've seen this in the past with gun laws, especially when we expand them and kind of the the skies falling crowd. You know, when we passed the enhanced carry, we heard that, you know, it would turn every college into the wild, wild west. The reality is we've had the officials from colleges show up at the legislator and they said, well, it's not been a big deal, actually. It's, it, it's been basically a nothing burger and people are able to carry legally. It's not an issue. Who'd have thunk that? Passed, yeah. We passed the employee carry where you could keep a firearm in your car. Uh, as you know, we live in rural South Arkansas and drive back and forth to work 30 miles. If you can't carry a weapon because your employer has a policy there. And that basically disarms you for most of your day. We passed the law for that. If you had a concealed carry, you could leave it in your um, uh, uh, fire in your car secured. 
it's not been an issue at all, even though we heard from employers who said, hey, this is going to cause this problem and liability, blah, blah, blah. turned out to be a nothing burden as well because there's this amazing fact that I think we all understand. Uh, you know, legal gun owners, responsible gun owners do the right thing 99.9% of the time. And that's what I think will happen if we pass this. The EMTs and, and the first responders will do the right thing 99.9% of the time. There's always going to be a bad apple or two to make some mistake or does something stupid. But I think the reality is, if we allow this to happen, it's not going to change much of what is going on with the day-to-day operation. It'll just be for, there for that you know, extreme situation where they're able to protect themselves. Yeah, I mean, yeah, personally, I would like to see businesses immune. I'd like to see municipalities forbidden from keeping someone licensed to carry a gun, from carrying the gun while they're on duty, if whether they're the dog catcher, they work for the water department or whatever. And personally, I would also like to see uh, not only the carrot of you are immune, so you, that won't stop you from letting them carry, but also financially, if, if a business strips, whether it be customers or employees, if a business policy is not you can't carry a gun here, but what that translates to is you, I forbid you from defending your life here, and then something happens to that employee or customer, then then that business is financially liable for stripping the self-defense rights away from that person and making them vulnerable, and which resulted in them getting hurt. Yeah, there's been real talk about that for not just, you know, an employer-employee relationship, but for, you know, if you go into Walmart, they prohibit guns, and if they're going to leave you unprotected, does that mean they have a liability now to protect you? If they fail to do that, are you able to sue them? And that's been a real discussion to change a law to do that, because then I think very quickly there would be either, A, armed security guards they pay for or something that, you know, would negate your uh, inability to protect yourself, which is important, or B, you'd be able to protect yourself to get rid of that liability. And there's been strong talks of that. I think it'd be hard to – we have to work on crafting that exactly right because – I mean, at the end of the day, there's a bad guy in there. How much can they actually do to stop it? But if they are going to strip you of your ability to protect yourself, then I think there is some uh, culpability there for sure. All right. Before I let you go, Senator, have you already fashioned this piece of legislation? And if so, do you have co-sponsors with you? No, this, when this happened last week, I had some uh, EMTs reach out to me and first responders and ambulance associations and some others. And so I started crafting it. There's a bunch of different bills in different states. And so I'm working with my staff now. It's basically Christmas holiday came up, and our yeah. staff, you know, their attorneys like everything else, they have to sit down and write the bill. So I imagine it'll be a week or two before I do it. But I imagine once I put it out there, I have plenty of co-sponsors, and I'll start probably doing that next week, assuming we have the first draft of it. All right. Well, let me know, and uh, we'll have you back on, and we can talk about it again at that time when you have everything firmed up. We appreciate your time. Have a, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, Senator. Well, thank you all so much. It's also my birthday, so I have the trifecta coming up. So all I right. <laughs> well, have a, have a great couple of weeks. We appreciate you joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's State Senator uh, Trent Garner here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Good to have that information. Be watching for that piece of legislation. It's coming. Uh, don't forget about PI Roofing. They're ready to help you out if you need help with your roof. Uh, If you're worried about COVID-19, I know some of you are. They follow all the protocols, so you don't have to worry about their people infecting your family, or they don't have to worry about your family infecting their people. Uh, They they make sure everybody stays safe. On top of that, they they come out, they'll walk your roof, look and see if there's any signs that you got some weaknesses in that final protection from uh, the... uh, elements uh, for the inside of your home Uh, you want to have your 
your roof fixed before it needs to be fixed. In other words, you know, take care of an area that is a uh, is a a place where water might get in, and they will test it and make sure. Because once water penetrates your out, outside defenses between the, the shingle, the felt, the wood, and get into your house, uh, then bad things start happening before you even know bad things are happening. You don't want to be there. So uh, give PI Roofing a call. They'll give you uh, they'll get out and check your house out and make sure that you're in good stead. 707-3551. That's your number. 707-3551 or online to piroofing.com. You know, Ed, I think a lot of people do not realize how uh, much our law enforcement and our EMTs and whatnot put their lives in danger for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, every traffic stop when and I think some people don't realize when maybe on a traffic stop, a police officer, at least initially, is kind of cold and unfriendly to them. Uh because police officers have seen videos of w- routine, and I'm using my bunny ear quotation mark, routine traffic stops in the blink of an eye going bad and turning fatal because you don't know who's in that car. You don't know if it's a lady on her way to church. You don't know if it's a guy who's busted his probation and he'll go back to prison if the cop finds out who he is and he is just not going back. You don't know. And cops and EMT both, they're paid and expected to go to bad places and deal with bad people. You know, when we train citizens uh, to carry guns, self-defense, we say avoid them at all costs. Avoiding is the absolute best thing. Only fight if you cannot avoid, and it's the last resort. Yeah, don't which go is looking why. for trouble. Yeah. But cops, we pay. Dispatch calls the cop and says, go into that trailer where there's 17 people. They're all related, eight are drunk, six are high, five of them have warrants. Go up in there because they've called for a domestic problem and figure that out. And try to figure Most it out. Most people would not want to go up in there. With with the law not having your back, with elected officials that, for the most part, yeah, not I having could not your do back. that. I could not function in that kind of environment. Give you an example: three French police officers were fatally shot uh, early this morning as they attempted to rescue a woman during a domestic violence call. Now you you've been in law enforcement as well. Is it true that men and women who serve in uh, law enforcement cringe when they get a, a call to respond and it's a, disme- a domestic I, dispute i can only speak for myself yeah i would rather re- respond to a man with a gun shots fired than domestic because i know more i it's more defined it's more limited and i know what i'm dealing with domestics you're walking into ch- a real uh you know area where the tensions are going to be high and emotions are running free and he said she said and you know, with uh, one of the two can be saying he's hurt me. He's got to go. He's got to go. And the minute the officer tries to make that person go, now the other of the couple remembers they're in love again, and they start fighting the officer for trying to take the person away that they were begging the officer to take away because of physical abuse. It's it's crazy. Okay, so French President Emmanuel Macron uh, has found himself in the middle of growing tension between police in the country and the citizens that they protect. Protests have erupted in Paris over proposed legislation that puts restrictions on images that citizens can post to police officers online 
an article in the new security legislation that would make it illegal to publish images of officers with intent to cause them harm through sharp criticism. So that we'll come back. We're going to talk more about this because what's going on in France is going on here in the United States uh, as well. All right, now I'm going to come back to that story in France, but you got to know about Ed. Ed served in the, the U.S. Army. He was a tank commander. And uh, there's a story today on defense. Army's long-range cannon got a direct hit on a target. Listen to this, Heidi. 43 miles away. 43 miles down range. Now, this is the Army's Extended Range Cannon Artillery System, or the IRCA, uh, that's over there. Uh, hit a target 43 miles away during a test at Yuma Proving Ground in Arizona Saturday. The successful test comes as the U.S. Army has been looking to close the field artillery gap against our military ad- uh, uh, adversaries like Russia. Uh, the cannon uses an M109A7 Paladin integrated management howitzer chassis and replaces a 39 caliber gun tube with a 58 caliber 30 foot one. Uh, then the artillery uh, that they use, the munitions they use, are made by Raytheon, who are located or here in uh, Arkansas. I don't know if they make this munition or not. I'm just saying that they're here in Arkansas in combination with an XM-1113 using supercharged propellant. 43 miles. Now, being a tank commander, does that just make you go, what? Yeah, that's an extremely long. I can't remember right now when I was in with the with the, 10, the uh, M109, the howitzer, how far. I can't remember. It's been too long. But 43, that's here to Pine Bluff. That's <laughs> Think shooting. about that. Here to Pine Bluff. And hit it right on the button. Yep. That's incredible. Absolutely uh, incredible. Uh, just, and you were telling me a story about when you were in the service. You were saying that they were always already using this Palatin series. Yeah, they were not. That's, that was the nomenclature for the self, self-propelled artillery when i got in mm-hmm. you know you had the airborne and light units had towed 105 millimeters but this was the mechanized so it kind of person that doesn't know the difference it kind of the distance may look like a tank it's got tracks a big turret and a, a, a bigger gun but in my early days uh, an artillery battery had six guns and so if you wanted six rounds on target you would call them and they had to stop the battery all six tracks all six vehicles align them together, do the math to, to calculate how to hit where you wanted them to, and all six guns had to fire around. Wow. By the time I got out, one, the Paladin, it had advanced. The, the fire control system had advanced to where one Paladin, one gun, could fire six rounds in succession, but with the gun angled at a different angle and get those six rounds to impact near simultaneously. So one gun was doing the firepower of six. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Hey, uh, you know, I just wanted you to know that our U.S. military working on new weapon systems to keep us safe and keep our military men and women safe on the battlefield. Let me tell you something else. If you want uh, jewelry and you want the best jewelry possible, you go to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and let them take care of it. Uh, you, You know, don't call up Eric today. 
day before Christmas Eve and say, hey, I want you to make something unique for me, is he'll laugh. Uh, well, he might not laugh. He'll just say, well, that's not possible. Uh, let's get something ready uh, for after the holidays uh, for that person. And, and he'll do it for you. Uh, if you've waited this long, right now the best thing you can do is go to Hillcrest Designer Jewelry and look at all of the great jewelry that he has, unique brands that he carries, and pick something out that is unique for the person that you're buying it for. And uh, Eric will be happy to spend some time finding the piece of jewelry, whether it's a ring, a necklace, a bracelet, an anklet, uh, a brooch. They make brooches still, but they take the brooches for the most part and make them into necklaces. And, uh, you know, he can he can get all of that done for you uh, as long as it's not too intricate and too involved because uh, he just doesn't have a lot of time now. You've, you've, you've put him at a disadvantage by calling him at the last moment. But if you call him at the last moment and you need something, I'm sure he can find something that will meet your specifications. Call him at 501-246-3655. That's 501-246-3655. Find the piece of jewelry for that special someone at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard in Little Rock at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Now, before we went to break, I was telling you about this story about the uh, French police officers. They're having some of the same problems that we're having over here uh, in America. They went out on a domestic violence call, and all of them, all three French officers, were fatally shot. Uh, Their ages, there's a 48-year-old guy who shot them. The three officers were aged 21, 37, and 45 years old. Now, I don't know what, you know, if they were carrying, if they were armed or not. I mean, over in Europe, they're a lot different than what we are here in the United States about that. I mean, Bobby's over in Europe, over in, in England, they they don't carry handguns. Yeah, I just had vivid flashbacks to the uh, Charlie Heppo. I can't remember. I'm probably not pronouncing it right. No, the, that's right. The newspaper political yeah, cartoons that, that got attacked and there were unarmed french police that got shot. videos you can go on youtube and find it videos of unarmed police getting shot down by the terrorists yeah that's that's just not good i the one that stands out in my mind is over in in britain and they had that islamic terrorist with the knife uh attacking people and the bobbies running away because they had nothing to protect themselves yep. with I mean, this is the insanity of what we live in today, and as insane as that is there, it's coming here. It already is here. You know, they're doing this kind of stuff now in the United States. I mean, there's certain cities that I wouldn't travel to now. No, there, there are Minneapolis ci- is one of them. Yeah, there are city governments that are motivating, encouraging, and supporting rampant violence in the street by people, and then... Si- either holding the cops back or sending the cops in but saying you can't use any of these tactics and you can't use any of this gear which were all designed to counter violent people in the streets in fact not only are we not going to allow you to use it we're not even going to issue it to yep. you and I, a horrible video i think it was around the bean that favorite famous big shiny thing in chicago yep. of this huge amount of cops they're just standing there getting pelted with everything, throwing liquid, bricks, 
bats, just throwing all, and the cops just standing there doing nothing, getting hit with these things, and uh, some of them taken to the hospital, some of them with eye damage, uh, fractures to their face. To the stand down. Because they're scared. If they do anything, they're sitting up. The, the people will, of course, sue them, but the city will probably prosecute them. That's, it's crazy. Yeah, that's I mean, it's really there are bad crazy. cops out there. There are decent cops that make make poor decisions and make mistakes. And, and nothing, no problem at all. Big supporter of pointing those incidences out and dealing with them. But then just to not back up brave cops going into danger and doing what you ask them to do, that's... You know, I'm really happy that I'm beginning to see uh, some professional athletes who were intimidated. I know they were intimidated uh, and and not speaking out for the police. And, uh, you know, their uh, the NBA and their whole Black Lives Matter craziness that they went into and stuff. Uh, finally standing up and saying, look, I know a lot of uh, police officers and uh, law enforcement people and they're good people and they've not been in- involved in unrighteous shootings or anything like that we've got to support those folks i mean there's there's been uh, professional athletes that wouldn't speak out now are who have family members that are in law enforcement and they wouldn't back them because of you know, if they did, they were, you know, the cancel culture and some of the people that were on the same teams as they were would attack them on social media. It amazes me that here in this country, we're afraid that somebody's going to call us a name now. Yep. Well, and I have people I, I personally know that were fired because they said things that were absolutely provable true, but they rubbed some people the wrong way, so... Enough hell was raised until their employer let them go. One private, one government. So that's we're, we're inching closer to that, unfortunately. And that's, that's sad as well. But, you know, we, and I have to also point the finger back at us, uh, we could solve this problem. We if, let it happen. If nobody went to an NFL or an NBA game. If nobody went, nobody bought their products, nobody watched it, everybody canceled their premium sports package. If everybody did that, we could solve this problem. But we don't want to. We want to keep watching our sports but but complain about the players and the owners and the etc we uh, can solve I, I used to uh subscribe to DirecTV's nfl package but when they started speaking out against the military and against our flag and against then our law enforcement officers i i canceled yeah and punishing players when they try to portray a bible verse but encouraging players when they want to help publicize and have, be, show sympathy for a lawbreaker. Yeah, somebody yep. who may have killed people Yep, and, and do that. We, we could solve it if we wanted to. Yep, I agree with that. All right, let's get our final break in, and then I'm going to come back and we're going to finish up with, uh, with Ed. I want to talk to him about the lack of ammunition that's out there, and we'll talk about why that's happening. It's not... It's not some big, uh, you know, government <laughs> conspiracy. It's because so many of you are buying guns. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. But I want to remind you about what David Lucas has got going. Uh, he has this ultimate retirement planning checklist. If you want one of these, I'll give it to you before you leave. Uh, right here. You can see it on Facebook right now if you're watching us live. And uh, you can pick up a copy of this. Uh, the first 10 of you who call in, it's absolutely free at 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Now, several decades have gone into making this piece of uh, 
of uh, literature for you. It's got 31 different questions in it. I can just kind of flash it open here for you, let you look at it. And, uh, you know, you go through and you answer all these questions. You know, you don't have to write your answers down. I mean, I'm not, David Lucas is not your teacher per se, so he's not going to make you write an essay. But if you write this stuff down or you just do it in your own head, you'll know real well how well prepared for retirement you are. And that's the key, being prepared. Because if you don't do a few of these, your retirement's going to go off the rails and you're going to find yourself in a, in a world of hurt. So don't get yourself stuck that way. Get a copy of this. Be one of the first 10 callers. Again, the number is 501-222-3315. It's the ultimate retirement planning checklist. Or go to davidlucasfinancial.com. You'll see a picture of this. Just click on it and ask for a free copy of it. Investment advisory service offered through David Lucas Financial. It's an Arkansas registered investment advisor. All right. Coming up at 6 o'clock tonight, typically it would be Joe and Duck talking to us, but I'm going to keep uh, Ed on at 6, and he'll be on, and we'll talk about guns uh, uh, as well. And uh, as we finish up this hour of the uh, Dave Ellswick Show, let me remind you that uh, if you go out to Academy Sports or you go out to some of the you know big uh, – uh, box stores, you go to some of the small gun stores, uh, some ammunition is tough to find. For instance, uh, from my study of this uh, here over the last uh, week, 22 long range and 9 millimeter are in very short supply. Now, you, you work at a local gun shop at times. Are they having problems with those calibers? Oh, yes. Uh, all calibers. And uh, they were told way before deer hunting season, they were told in the early summer that because of the shortage in 22, 9mm, 38, the pistol calibers and the 556, that right. that was going to affect the hunting calibers. And it has. If you talk to a bunch of people that hunted when they went to try to find their normal hunting ammunition, that's never a problem. It is because the ammo companies they don't they don't have a line for every type of ammo they just continuously run they swap over. Mm-hmm. So if you're selling every round, you've already pre-sold every round of certain calibers. You're not going to stop those presses right. to swap over to something else. And you know they all take primers and they all take powder. So you they have they have to make decisions. But yeah, they're they're short. They'll get a pallet of nine in. That they'll limit to one or two boxes, and it'll last them a few days. Then they'll be out for a week or two. Then they'll get a little more in. They'll have it for a couple of days. Then they'll be out for a week or two. But yeah, twenty-two, nine, all pretty much all pistol calibers are touch and go. Okay, I I read that thirty out six, which they thought they were going to have problems with, they were able to produce enough to carry them through the hunting season. Well, all I know is when I went in the, the place down in Whitehall where they would normally just have a whole wall of several shelves full of, you know, 20 different types of every caliber of hunting ammunition. So a lot of them, they had nothing. Like 308, they would normally have 20 different types of 308, very common. Same right. for 306. And they would have like one or two if they had it at all. And grain count. Yeah. probably and the type of bullet the weight of the bullet the, yeah because exactly. i like to use a, a 186 grain on my with my 308 and i had a hard time finding 186 it's like one 168 you know much more low powered 
Yeah, and if you've, if you've already got your rifle zeroed for a particular brand, right. weight, and model of ammunition, and you can't get it, then it's now, an let's, issue. let's talk about why that is, because a lot of people are saying that there's some kind of uh, you know conspiracy or something about ammunition, and it, it's not the case, it's supply and demand. Since March, 7 million more people are handgun owners. Yeah, and so I mean... You take two, take the, they're out there buying maybe two boxes of ammo... You're talking about 700 rounds of ammunition now that people are buying. 700 million. 700 million rounds. Well, they had uh, an article I read here recently from, seems like it was um, the people that bought Remington. It's Vista Outdoors. Vista Outdoors. Yep. Yeah. They own like four ammunition companies. And they said, we're running full bore wide open but nobody none of us not all of us together can make up 700 million rounds in that in that short of a time yeah have you ever seen the old movies of the rowing ships where the guys down there with the whip you know yeah, yeah, yeah. S- snapping all of the slaves dun, row. Dun, yeah that's dun, the way i picture in the dun. ammunition factory some guy walking around with a whip you know faster make it more yeah, make it more make it faster oh they're yeah i mean in that that the other evidence supports that because not only ammunition, but guns have dried up. And me as a trainer, like basic concealed carry and private lessons have quadrupled for us and other instructors. Which that I've makes it to. tough for you because you ask these people to bring what? How many rounds do you want them to bring to a lesson? Well, and it depends on what they want in the lesson. And a lot of the time for for beginners, a lot of the time, sometimes they'll say, I just bought this gun. And I'll say bring a box or two, but a lot of times our, our beginner lessons are I want to buy a gun, but I don't know enough yet to know what I want. Mm. So they'll come out and get a, a lesson using my guns. I'll let them test drive several to help them figure out which one they want. And so now they're burning my ammo, but uh, I've got a pretty good stockage for that. But then the follow on is by test driving, you know, several, they go, okay, this is the one for me. And then they go to try to buy it, and it's a hard, it's hard for them to find it because, wow. like ammo, guns are drying up. All right, we're going to pick up this topic for the six o'clock hour with Ed Monk. All right, he's going to be with us. Typically, it'd be Joe or, or and Duck, but it's just going to be uh, Ed and me, and we're going to talk a little bit about guns and about ammo and about some of the things that you might run into. If I was talking to somebody, it may have been you. Uh, about somebody went out and bought some, you know, basically duck shot for somebody, and it was just two small boxes of it, and it was 50 bucks. Was that you that I was talking to? I don't remember it being duck shot, but I know ammunition in, you know, some places are not marking it up, taking advantage, but some places are. A thousand rounds of nine millimeter before all this started, I could get shipped to my door for $185. Tax shipping. How much now? If if you can find it, probably six hundred plus tax plus shipping. Wow, yeah. really jumping up! Oh yeah, all right. That's coming up at six. So join us at six, and we'll talk about it right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Give you a little Christmas music, get you in the spirit. If you're not in it already, I'm hopefully you're not bah hum and bugging here. We want you to be ready for Christmas, Christmas Eve tomorrow, and then Christmas uh, coming up on Friday. I'll see you on Tuesday. I'm taking Monday off, so. Uh, Robert Steinbach will be in to fill in for me on that day. You have a Merry Christmas. I will talk to you next week right here or at 6 o'clock here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Mm, the
and bright We're caroling through the night And this Christmas will be A very special Christmas for me So Joe and Duck will be with us uh, January 6th, uh, back on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, because uh, we're not, uh, they're not here today. Uh, Joe has some personal things being taken care of, and uh, uh, Duck had some personal things that needed to be taken care of. I mean, it is close to Christmas, and uh, family stuff takes the place of being on the air. And so uh, they won't be here today. Uh, during the six o'clock hour and next week i don't think i'm going to be here so that would uh, let them just stay at home and then we'll pick it back up on january 6th 2021 just so you'll know all right but let me remind you that uh, those segments are brought to you by bumper to bumper and bumper to bumper parts have uh, a two-year twenty-four thousand mile warranty on them Uh, Normally, a a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on them uh, if you use a credit card. And so if the part goes bad, uh, they will replace the part and the labor that it takes to put that part back in to your automobile. And the bumper-to-bumper certified service centers use bumper-to-bumper parts for that specific reason. All of that's entered into, into a computer uh, they can follow all the parts that are being used to, from bumper to bumper on your automobile and take care of you. I mean, I the Acadia that I own has problems uh, and uh, uh, burns up uh, spark plugs. And I found out that early on with the Acadias in 2010, uh, they had that problem all the time. They arced inside uh, the chamber, so to speak. And so I've had... A lot of spark plugs replaced, uh, but at no cost to me because they failed before the 24,000-mile warranty or two-year warranty went out uh, on them. And, uh, you know, Joe replaces them. No charge to me. No charge really to him because Bumper to Bumper reimburses him for the labor and the part. But that's what's good about the great folks at Bumper to Bumper. Number one, they sponsor the car and truck doctors on a Saturday. They sponsor when, uh, you know, Joe and Duck are on here. They sponsor their segment as well so that you are well-informed about your cars and about how they need to be fixed and how they go about that and uh, about bumper-to-bumper and how they make that possible. So with that done, uh, again, uh, let me tell you that Ed Monk, who was on with me at 7 o'clock this morning, has uh, stuck around. And here he is at uh, 6 p.m. And and we started uh, at the end of the 7 o'clock hour talking about ammunition. And if you're a hunter if or if you're a competitive shooter or you're one of those people that go out and 
and and keep yourself sharp out there on the uh, um, you know the range. You know as well as I do that getting uh, ammunition at times has been difficult here this year. Part of that's COVID nineteen related. You know, um, for instance, I don't know. I I'm just use this as a, a perhaps uh, Remington that's out there on I forty. Uh, you know, they may have had to shut the line down. I don't know if they did or not, but they may have had to shut the line down because some people came down with COVID-19. And, you know, for a, a week or two, they couldn't produce anything. And that has happened at other gun uh, manufacturers. I don't know about Six Hour in Jacksonville. I mean, Six Hour makes like all the 9 millimeter, uh ammunition for the military. Did you know that, Dad? No. Yeah, they make it right there in Jacksonville. I knew I knew Sig had a ammo plant there. Yeah, well, they're making all the nine millimeter for the military, big big uh, thing. And I I've heard, and uh, but I've not been able to get any information on it because Six Hours not talking about it. But that they're buying uh, some more space over in the Conway area. In fact, maybe buying that uh, where they made. Uh, all the paper products over there. Wouldn't it be cool if you got a rep from them and the Remington plant to come on a show? I would like to have awesome. on and, and talk about it. I, I really would. And I, I'm i looking. It just sent me a meme. And it's the, the little Yoda character from the Mandalorian. And he's got a real sad look on his face. And it says, when it's almost Christmas, but there's no gun-shaped presence under the tree. <laughs> that's good that's that's what happens when you're on the naughty list and that's a good one i'll send that to elizabeth well posted on my <laughs> my facebook page so you all can see it and, and share it with other people as uh, as well so this christmas typically there's always something new to talk about in the world of guns is there anything new to talk about in the world of guns or is it just catch as catch can well, with the stuff that I deal with, like I'm, my brother's crazy on long-range precision rifle shooting. And I, I'm going to have him on in the uh, near future. Yeah, I don't do that. But with handguns, really, uh, like I took my third or fourth Glock armor certification three or four months ago. And during the class, I asked the Glock rep who was teaching, I said, hey, you know, they've come out with a Generation 5 Glocks in 9mm only. Uh, and they went back to the two-pin frame which they had with the generations one and the generation two and i said so our in glock went to okay, the so let me stop you because yeah. now we got to talk english here. okay when glock's first two pin yeah frame what's that mean when glock first came out and it hit america in the, in the late 80s then there were two pins in the frame that kept everything inside together two two little plastic pins and then when they first started, they only made nine millimeter. Well, then they went to the forty, and the forty is a high pressure round. So what they found in engineering when they developed, they had to add a third pin so that the frame would be a little stronger. Well, then so generation three and four had three pins, and then they came out with generation five. I don't know two within the last one or two years, but only in nine millimeter. So everyone was like, "Well, does that mean they're only going to make it in nine millimeter?" And so we asked the Glock rep during this thing, are they going to come out with it in the 40? Because the 40s become much less popular because law enforcement has gone away from it. And he said, I, I, you know, maybe, maybe. And then less than a month after that class, I see a Glock Gen 540 in Gauls here. So he, he knew the answer was yes, but he told us, well, maybe. So they've so, come out with a Glock 40 
in the Generation 5, but bef- up till now, as far as I know, the 9s and the 40s were all on the same frame with the same slide. You couldn't tell by just looking at it. But what they did is with the Gen 5 Glock 40 caliber, the full size, which is the only one I've seen, the Glock Model 22, uh, they used the bigger slide, the bigger, heavier slide like they use for 45s and 10 millimeter pistols. And so it just... It, it's not the same size as the 9mm Glock Gen 5. Uh, it's heavier. It, it It's top-heavy. And I don't think, I think if uh, law enforcement agencies go up to the Gen 540, it's not going to fit the same holsters. So that's just kind of a little weird thing. But I don't really know of anything else uh, significantly new in the handgun world, and that's kind of where I hang out. So why has the 9mm kind of taken over handguns? I mean, I hear people talk about 380s, okay? Yeah. And they call those pocket pistols, basically, because yep. you can put them in your pocket and and uh, kind of hide them pretty easily. I have four 380s. I do not have a 9mm, and uh, because I'm, with a 9, I think I'm going to have to have a holster on my belt and stick it down the back of my pants, basically, uh, to carry it with me. Why has a 9 become so popular with the average uh, shooter now? Well, if you look at handgun ammunition, 9 is about in the middle, with 22 being the really light small end, 45 being the really big side. 9 is size-wise, is about in the middle. And so when cops in the late 80s, early 90s in America, just within 5 or 10 years, completely went from revolvers yeah, from, to, to autos. From a thirty eight, basically. Yeah, or three fifty seven. So when they did that, they had two options, really, 9mm and forty five, and it was kind of the Goldilocks thing. Well, 9mm is adequate, but mm-hmm. if you're kicking in the door to crack houses, you know, maybe you want something bigger. 45 is bigger, but it's also longer. It's fatter, so the gun has to be bigger, uh, which c- could make it a little bigger for some people's hands, especially females. So that's why... Around 1990, they came out with the Goldilocks, just right in the middle, compromise for law enforcement, the 40. Uh, and around 1990, just quickly became the law enforcement favorite once the FBI adopted it. Well, two to three years ago, maybe longer, I can't remember, the FBI went back, has now gone back to the 9. Uh, the 9 is less expensive to shoot, it's easier to shoot, and am- hollow point ammunition technology has gotten better to where a good, high quality 9 hollow point is better now than it was in 1990 so for all of those reasons law enforcement has kind of gone back to the nine and so why did the military go from the 1911 to the nine i think a big part of that because they did that while i was in when i well when i got in in 83 as a cadet they had night 1911 and then when i was first job as lieutenant in Germany in 1987 we were issued the 1911 i think a big part of it was to get because, again, that was before the wall came down. Still okay. us, us. Against the Ruskies. The, yeah, us and our allies <laughs> against the Ruskies. And so the the NATO, North Atlantic Treaty Organization, the organization we were fighting with uh, or preparing to fight with against the Russians, the NATO round was 9 millimeter for every other country but us. Oh, and okay. so part of that was to get NATO compliant where we could share ammo. But I'll tell you, uh, I retired in 2007. In the two years before I retired, they came out and announced, because we had the Beretta from like 1990, 9-millimeter right. Beretta, uh, not a good fighting gun at all for most people. Um, they announced, I, I mean, it wasn't a rumor, it was in, a fit, the Army is going to get a new handgun, the infantry has been named as the component branch to design it and approve it, and it is going to be in 40 or 45. 
That was in 2005, 2006-ish. But then in the development, they changed their mind and went back to a 9. So that's why we now have the SIG 320 in the 9mm as the Army's pistol. Okay, now when I was in, you know, the average Joe, uh, you know, out in his pickle suit, uh, was carrying, uh, you know, a rifle, a long rifle, all right? Uh, the officers had the sidearms. Is that the way it still is? Yeah. I mean, some officers, like infantry, some officers will have rifles, but by and large, the weapon that most officers, but then also military police, any crewman, like tank crewman. Uh, I was an officer, but every member, the other three members of my tank crew and every other tank I had, the all crew members had a pistol. It's kind of like a pistol for a pilot. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to offensively fight with. Is if you got shot off your tank and had that was to survive until you could. Yeah, until get somebody back. could yeah, get which, you. Yeah, um, hopefully. So most officers uh, have them, and then most enlisted have rifles. But those that serve on crews, some crew systems don't. But the problem when I was in, my understanding of military U.S. military legal interpretation of the Geneva Hague event, uh, agreements were that we had to use full metal jacket ammo. And so the nine millimeter shooting full metal jacket ammo is a has a much lower stopping power than nine millimeter with today's high quality hollow points. I don't know if they have changed that that opinion on the laws of war, whether they're allowed to have hollow point ammunition in their handguns. That's really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, that kind of goes back to World War One when you had the Air Corps. And they'd be fighting in dog fights, and one person ran out of ammunition and would wave his hand so everybody knew he was out of ammunition, and they let him go back and land, reload, and come back because they didn't think it was sporting to shoot yeah. somebody out of the air that didn't have ammunition. We can destroy your city with a nuclear bomb or <laughs> or firebombing like we did Tokyo. Yeah, or Dresden. Or we could... Uh, uh, shoot you with a claymore mine and uh we could have flamethrowers right but if i shoot you with a hollow point pistol bullet i'm violating the rules of war and it's unethical did you happen to see the there's a video out go to youtube and the uh, governor of south dakota was firing a flamethrower last week did you have you seen that well, you shouldn't have to walk right up to somebody to set them on fire. I mean, it, <laughs> just, I love it, though. I mean, I yeah. like that governor. Gnome, is that her name? Yeah. And she's something else. And I've seen one in stores. They There's a company selling them out retail. You can go buy a little small flamethrower. How much are those? I think my memory is somewhere between four and $600. I can't remember, but it's not wow, prohibited for most that's people. not bad. Yeah. You should, I mean, you shouldn't have to walk out into the cold all the way out to, to light your grill when you can do it from the patio door. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Have you seen the movie? I don't think so. you, you got to watch it. At the Towards the end of that movie, uh, the take on it is it's a fairy tale. And what would have happened if the Manson family picked a different house? Ah. And the guys that they pick uh, are not like compliant yeah sharon tate and them <laughs> and uh uh what's his name uh dicaprio <laughs> had had from one of his movies a a flamethrower and he goes into to the storage shed and comes out with the flamethrower and and lights up squeaky from <laughs> with a flamethrower all right and you just keep adding to the list of the movies i have to go back I mean, and watch you got, on netflix you've got or to see it I mean, seriously, yeah, number one, if, if you were alive during the 60s, you got to see it for that because they recreate the 60s, late 60s, perfectly. But secondly, what would have happened if they went up against somebody that was 
ready to take care of business. And and that that's a great. Have you seen the movie Heidi? You got to watch it. It's it, it it comes on now. It's on like HBO and stuff. And I'll see it. And no matter where I land, I got to watch it. It's kind of like Christmas Vacation. You got to just stick with it and watch it. All right, we got a break, and then we'll come back. Uh, Ed Monk is with us, Last Resort Firearms. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the, the world of guns with him, ammunition, things of that nature, when we come back here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let's continue here at 6 o'clock hour. Uh, by the way, uh, I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas uh, and a Happy New Year, because I don't know how much I'm going to be on next week, because I'm, I've got time i got to burn. You know, it's... It used to be you could save up your uh, vacation time. Now it's use it or lose it. And uh, to be honest, this is the Dave Elzik philosophy. I'll be damned if I'll lose it. (laughs) That's just the way I feel about that. Uh, I worked for it, so I'm going to use it. So I've got like three days left. So And I've already got uh, a Thursday, or pardon me, Friday is off next week because it's the new year. So I probably will be here Tuesday. I think that's going to be my thing because Elizabeth is going to be here. So we'll get her here and the Bible guys will be here. But Monday, I'm not. I can tell you right now, Monday, I'm not here. Robert Steinbach's going to be here. and He'll probably be here Wednesday and Thursday as well. I got to talk to him about that today. If not, somebody will be here or it'll be a best stuff, Dave Ellswick. That's just the way that it's going to work as far as that's concerned. Ed Monk is here, and uh, we've been talking about, you know, ammo. We've been talking about guns, and because of COVID-19 and because so many of you have gone out and bought guns uh, here since March, and uh, 7 million of you, in fact, that if, if you went out and bought a couple of packages of uh, ammo, that's about 700 million rounds of ammo. In addition to what was already being bought. Yes, that's Uh, correct. And because of that, uh, I was reading from the guy from Vista Outdoors, and they own several uh, companies, Remington being one of them. And I think you said, who else did you say that they owned? Federal, Spear, and CCI, and now Remington. Okay, see, those are all big ammo makers. Yep. And uh, the bottom line is, uh, he said, look, 700 million rounds? That's impossible for even all gun makers that make ammo to keep up with. It's just not possible. So it's going to be like this for a while, I think. Yeah. And again, that 700 million was on top of what they were already Already pushing out. Incredibly high. Well, I'll tell you the store down there in Whitehall, the owner told me when I started uh, helping out there several years ago, he said before Obama got in office, he did not order most pistol ammo by the case he'd order four boxes six boxes at a time right uh and then ammo Not that way anymore handgun ammo took off so so but so much that he started order, and now they're trying to order it by pallets see, see I, that, that that's interesting you bring that up i was just going to say i interviewed ted nugent several times and he has a pallet of ammo uh delivered to his house every week yeah now he has military members come out to his home and they do you know shoots and stuff he owns two 30 caliber machine guns yeah if you own machine guns you're going to chew through it (laughs) (laughs) they go out and now they don't deer hunt with 30 cows okay they just don't do that but the bottom line is they get out and shooting's fun yep 
It's a good time. Yep. In in my life, well, I can remember, this is a third scare I can remember. When Obama got elected, ammo dried up. And guns, same thing. People panic by, well, I may not be able to get it in six months, so they go out and buy. Where one or two boxes in the closet were enough, now you need five or six cases. That's what people think. And then <laughs> after Sandy Hook, right. uh, which was like on, the, on December 12th or 13th of that year, then Obama went on Friday night and made a live press conference a live statement on Mm -hmm. national tv where he said we have got to push for more gun control and that was a second one that i can remember guns and ammo went crazy couldn't find 22 ammo for six months i mean you couldn't you just couldn't find it it wasn't that it was expensive you just couldn't find it uh and then this one and this one's really a three whammy you had the covid people panicked a little bit about guns and ammo, and then the riots yeah and then that accelerated even more and then before the anticipation of the election and now post-election. Yeah, the whole thing about Biden is is that he said that the person, uh, his gun policy is going to be Beto. And we all know what Beto said about guns. And what he, what he has said and yeah. what his vice president. So, yeah, and as they start calling for gun control, it's going to get even worse. It's not going to get better. All right. We're going to we'll continue this discussion with you as we continue the Dave Ellswick show. We got the news. Let's get that to you. Give you a minute. Catch up on what's happening in the world here at 1011 FM. The answer. Let's continue on the Dave Ellswick show. 1011 FM. The answer. Let me again, if you just joined us, wish you a Merry Christmas and then a Happy New Year uh, as we move into the festive times of this year. You know what I like about this time of the year, Ed? People put lights up and stuff, and it's yes. all colorful and everything. And then what I hate about the new year, they take them all down, and now everything is just brown and dead. Yep. yep. <laughs> or it looks dead. It's not dead. It's going to come back come springtime, but still, it's just the the grass is that nasty brown and everything. Yep. Um, and then I can't wait for springtime, and that means you got to get to the end of March. But I like the weather, though, because the, the bugs and the humidity that come with the spring, I, I don't really like I'm that. a hot person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you about bugs during the spring because they're out reproducing big time at that point. The but pollen, the bugs, and the humidity. Get me going. Get me going. And, you know, Heidi and I have talked about this. I like sitting around my pool. I like it when it's like 85 to 95 degrees. And I just And at nighttime... It's like 83 degrees. Man, I love it. And the pool water is like 86 degrees. If I'm in a pool and a beach, that's fine. But if, <laughs> if, if I'm working or I have to be out for some reason, I don't know. Now, you're like me. You try to get to the beach at least once a year, don't you? Yes. That That is my favorite. Vac- and, a, and a kind of a, a secluded beach, not a real crowded area where there's malls and theaters and other distractions. I just want a beach. Like the Blue Lagoon. And food. That's a, yeah. yeah. Just sit on the beach till sunset. And then go That's kind of what I do. Sleep. I yeah. mean, I I go down to Panama City uh, Beach, and I go after Labor Day, which gets a lot of the kids yep. away. And, and the water is warm. Yes, it, it, it is. is on yeah. the, in the Gulf, the yep. water is warm. The rates are low. It's not as crowded. Yep. Yeah. And I, have, I go and see the guy on the beach that does the umbrellas, and I buy an umbrella and a chair for all week long because – I'll tell you what I do. I I like eating while I'm on vacation like that, but I really like sitting on the beach, hearing the waves come in, and read. That's exactly. Sip on a beverage, and it just brought up a pet peeve this last time I was down there, is people come out and they bring their music and they blare their music. Yeah, it's I don't like, like that. that. I come to the beach 
So that would be like you walking and putting a big blanket in front of me where I can't see. I come here to look at the ocean and listen to the ocean. Yes. I don't want to listen to your read. your choice of music. Yeah, I read. I read a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, I've already I'm already putting together my list of books for this summer while I'm on vacation. I'll I'll read three or four books during. The yeah, I'll read on the plane ride there. Yeah, while I'm there on the plane ride back. Man, I typically don't fly. We drive. I like driving. I'm I'm a big. I'm one of those guys that you meet that I like to drive. Just. Put me behind the wheel of a car, and I'm as happy as a clam in mud. I used to, but I don't anymore. You don't? Yeah. Your butt give you problems? No, it's just, it's just <laughs> boring. Although, thank you, thank you, thank you to whoever was responsible of raising the speed limits in Arkansas to 75. Whoever you are, thank you. That Sincerely. Was, the legislature yeah. did that, and the governor agreed. And And there's a lot of speed limits that finally, it took them forever. They've... They dug it in their heels, and they'll say they didn't, but they did. I know. I, I talked to too many people. They dug in their heels and didn't want to do it, but they finally had to do it. Yeah. And it, this is off topic because that's where we're heading, but just I can't imagine. I can't. I still can't believe we did this to ourselves of 55 miles an hour for pretty much 20 years in this country. And it was Jimmy Carter. Get out on the – well, it wasn't just Carter. It was the Congress, and yeah. we we allowed it. Yeah, we, yeah. We didn't vote all of them out of office. Go yeah. out on the interstate, put your cruise control on 55, and see how ridiculous that is. And for 20 <laughs> years, 20 – and I, that was when I was driving 24 hours one way to college. Go out on the interstate, put your cruise control on 55, and just see how utterly ridiculous that is. And that's – we did that to ourselves and allowed it for 20 years. So I remember I was at Fort Lewis, Washington in 95 and drove to Fort Leavenworth, Kansas for a 13-week school. So I drove from the Washington, Seattle area all the way down to Kansas. And then while I was at this course is when they lifted that craziness. And so, I, you know, I was everywhere was 55 miles an hour limit, which, of course, I broke all the way down. And then on the way back, I'm driving through Wyoming and, and I'm, you know, 70, 75, 80 yeah. mile an hour speed limits. Uh yeah, because that was a federal dictate. Yeah. You must do it. Yeah. Now, I remember Carter be coming on TV and wearing that freaking sweater looking like Mr. Rogers and telling us that we all during the wintertime had to keep our houses cold and wear a sweater to stay warm so we didn't use up as much uh, petroleum. Yeah. And now, and let me say this. President Trump got the petroleum industry back now producing enough uh, oil and gas and natural gas that we're energy de- dependent. And we've got a new president who's talking about, oh, we got to let's get away from that. Let's go, let's go back to the Carter days. He doesn't say that, but I'm just saying that's where we're going is back to the Carter days. Yeah, a lot of things are going to get worse. And we got to I'm hoping we just don't get back to. If you got if your license plate ends in this number, you get to fill up this day. And yep. if your license plate is that number, you got to fill up a, on another day. Yes, it was that way one time. All right, you who are young out there and stupid uh, don't remember because you haven't learned from reading about it. Yeah, Google gas lines. Yeah, take a look at it. Yeah, take a look at it. It's, it was not fun. I remember. Uh, when gas, you know, pretty much everywhere went, went over a dollar for the first time, and there were a lot of the old rotary pumps that they could not, they could not go over ninety nine cents because no one ever thought. Yeah. So they had to start selling, you know, re rigging the pumps where they were selling half gallons 
of gas because the, they were physically crazy. incapable of go, charging over a dollar per gallon inside the rotary pump. It was, it was crazy. crazy. Yep. It, it was it was really, really crazy then. The new pumps, I got to say, here recently they've been uh, they've been changing out uh, the um, the credit card readers, and those things are pretty fast now. Yep, you can run through it. Okay, enough about all that. Uh, we gave you a history lesson real fast there. <laughs> uh, well, don't get me started. Let's talk. Yeah, you don't get me started because I'm older than you are. Uh, let's let's. I remember gas when it was six cents a gallon. There you go. Yeah. Okay. L- l- let's talk about ammo. Let's talk about guns. Let's talk about how it's changed in this country. At one time, you could buy a Thompson machine gun through Sears in a catalog. You could buy a Thompson, you know, that you see on, you know, during the time of Al Capone and all of that in Chicago, you know, the the gangsters shooting at each other and everything. You used to be able to buy one of those through the mail pay cod I, I have in my files that I, used to, I could still show when i do second amendment presentations of sears and roebuck in their catalog you get you could just hey i want a pistol and the mailman would bring it and pay you know cod i want you to think about that think if you could go on your phone right now to amazon and buy a thompson machine gun and have it delivered within a day or two america. to your house that america yeah, that's america yep. there all right and and I'm of the opinion that's not that that's the way it should be. Of course, that's the way it should happen. Yep. You know. And, and anyway, that's that's the way it used to be. And guess what? There were a few places where it was lawless. It was lawless. Chicago was one of those places. Wow, how things never change. But the, uh, just amazing that it wasn't like that all across America. Yep. But. Uh, Colonel Grossman makes an interesting point where he talks about, you know, one of the things that got the automatic weapons uh, restricted in the Firearms Act of 1934 was the famous Valentine's Day Massacre. So think about that. The Valentine's Day Massacre, that word, massacre. And how many people did they kill? A handful. Yes. And now we have these active shooters that kill 30, 40, 50, 60 people. uh, And they're not using Thompson machine guns. And it's illegal for them to do it. Yep. You know, so, with that, that kind of gun, and just goes to show, legal or not, if they want to do it, they're going to do it. Yep, yep. It's the way it uh, it, it works. Uh, luckily, we haven't. Uh, and knock on wood, uh, we haven't had uh, a big mass shooting here recently in our country. Although we have had some people show up at churches and stuff and start shooting yeah you know this will be the first year in six or seven years i haven't spent christmas in new york city because of covid and the restrictions etc etc but last year when i went i was in that church that what about a week ago Mm -hmm. a nut with one or two handguns uh, it's it's just didn't hit anybody just just northwest of the corner of central park or in southwest harlem i I was just there a year a year before this happened so there you go you never know well i don't go to the bad parts of town well this isn't a bad part of town no and uh yeah luckily i think it, it, he was either crazy or doing the suicide by cop thing because he shot some rounds but didn't didn't hit anybody yeah he didn't walk away yeah you and, never know when or where it'll kick off and that, that's the key uh, as well you went to harlem and i'm i'm disappointed you didn't go to the apollo i did go to the apollo oh you did go yeah did you did, did you go in yeah who was performing oh, there, we went in the the day oh there okay. was you just took yeah, the... just walked in looked around 
said we were there, but now we didn't attend anything there. Okay. Did they have a lot of the posters up? Oh, yeah. People have, you know, done the performances? Posters and souvenirs, yeah. I'm sure they had Michael up. I can't remember all of them. I'm sure they had Michael Jackson up. I mean, he he reignited the Apollo again when he and the Jackson 5 went there and performed. They did like their, what was it, 25th anniversary or something for Motown was held right there at the Apollo. That's a... There's so many great stories about, uh, you know, black folks that had businesses and uh, did great things. The Apollo, the Cotton Club, a lot of those places. They made a lot of money during their day until Uncle Sam got involved. (laughs) Uncle Sam shut them down. Lyndon Baines Johnson shut a lot of them places down. And that wasn't a Republican. That was a Democrat that did that. All right, it's uh, eight. Uh, I'm looking down at my my phone, and we record this. So, how much longer do I got? Do you want uh, there, Heidi? About two we minutes. We a break. It was time for a break. Okay, so let's take our break. Then we'll come back and uh, talk uh, some more with Ed. We're, we're going to get back into the gun debate, uh, not debate discussion. We have no debate about guns. We both are on the the same uh, wavelength on this. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, the answer. All right, let's get into the final segment uh, with uh, Ed Monk. And I want to get back talking about guns because, look, some of you are going to get uh, guns under the Christmas tree. You're going to get a handgun or you're going to get a long rifle or whatever. And at last resort firearms training, they can train you in uh, firearms and the handguns and stuff. And there's, there's other people who do that, but I think Ed does it the best. And they've expanded, and they're going to do, they do long gun training as well. Yeah, we've expanded our rifle range to 460 yards, so we're offering precision oh, rifle so cool. precision rifle classes now. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I, I like that, that, that you're doing that. So with that in mind, why don't you tell folks, uh, number one, give them a website or whatever where they can go and keep, in, keep track of you and where they can go to be trained. Uh, we don't have a business website. We just have a Facebook page. Like just if you look for Last Resort Firearms Training, you'll find us. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff that's routine and a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, we do a lot of active shooter training, both tr- you know training on the range to prepare people to counter an active shooter, but also just educational presentations to get mentally prepared and understand what the threat is. And I've been invited by a church in Redfield to give a presentation on the active shooter threat uh, the 14th of no 21st of january the 21st of january i think that's a thursday night uh redfield missionary baptist church free to attend open to the public so if you, it's going to be kind of focused on churches but overall it'll talk about the general threat of the active shooter we do private lessons one-on-one or couples have taken it i've done a family of five so if you've got a defensive gun whether it be a handgun a shotgun a, a patrol rifle and you want lessons from basic skills all the way up to more advanced fighting skills we can do that with private lessons that are generally two hours but we can cater it to what you want and of course we offer the class to get your basic concealed carry license here in arkansas we used to do that once a month but since the covid and the riots uh, we're doing three and four a month because of the increase and that's all the new the people you talked about the new shooters in america seven million of them yeah and then we offer three levels of fighting classes because the classes required by the state police to get your license really don't teach you how to fight with a gun. They're, they're mostly administrative and safety and information classes. 
So we have three levels of classes of how to draw your gun, shoot rapidly, shoot while you move, rapid reloads, clear malfunctions, shoot one-handed, shoot from your car, clear buildings, the, the fighting type of stuff. And we do, again, we do all kinds of active shooter training, one, two, and three-day active shooter classes. And now we do a precision rifle class. Uh, we have two in February that are full. The next one coming up is in April. And then every once in a while, we do something called information night where we just give a presentation, host somebody else that gives a presentation, show a video on various topics. And as we mentioned, uh, I did 20 years as an armor officer on tanks and in tank and cavalry units in the Army. So a bunch of people that train with us say, hey, I'd like to know more about tanks. So on the 14th of January uh, at 6 o'clock, we're going to do uh, about an hour and a half. I'll do a presentation on tanks. This is cool. Yeah, because I came in on the old M60 road steel piston engine, basically the last of the series that started in World War II of just the old like steel. The Shermans? Yeah, basically the M60A3. That was the last of that. You know, they made little improvements, little right, improvements. Right. But then they transitioned to the M1, which was a, you know, great differences. Uh, and so I served on that until I got out. And now they're up to the M1A2 SEP, I think, So, which I have never served on. But I'll give a, about an hour and a half on that. And that's free to attend. We just ask you to let us know you're coming because we have limited seating. That's, that's going to be cool. And I guess I wanted to bring uh, a, a question to you. Your brother is teaching uh, long guns. Yeah, that's that's his passion. I don't I don't get into that bloody chicken's foot Ouija board, lit candles, all that <laughs> black magic that lets you shoot a rifle and hit something. You know, it's at five hundred yards. I don't get into that, uh, but he does. Now, on the tank, the tank does all that for you, so you you don't have to weaponize math and get your calculator out. But yeah, he's into that. He loves that, and so. Uh, He's the one that pushed to build this range, and, and we're very proud to have it. And we got steel targets out there, again, all to 460 yards. So, uh, Well, hunters are re- really going to appreciate that oh yeah. long range yeah. that you got. And it's, you know, it, it, people, I know how to zero my gun. Well, it's, it's way beyond that. Uh, it's how to zero it, but then know how to range estimation yeah and wind and humidity and the angle that you're shooting and make adjustments to your scope to your sight to where you can do precision shooting and not not use kentucky windage well i'll aim a little high i'll aim a little but actually make adjustments to your scope i use kentucky windage if i know the you got a side wind coming in i know that you're going to want to probably not lead the animal as much as you typically would because the wind will push the bullet now i use a 308 and i typically use a 186 grain uh bullet and that baby shoots pretty flat for a long distance although now getting 186 is really tough it's 168 and that makes a considerable distance difference when you're shooting distance Oh, yeah. Last year, I killed 200 yards running, okay? Uh, I'm thinking about taking this class. Yeah, April 10th. Mark it off on 308 used to be the uh, sniper rifle for the Army. Yeah. I I think the the last class we did, the majority was 308. I think there was at least one 6.5 Creed more in there, but I think the majority was 308. Because 6.5 is the new got-to-have but there's far more 308s that have been out there a very long time. Maybe I'll come and bring a 50 cal. There you go. <laughs> which that was shoots pretty doggone flat. Which was the you. machine gun on top of my tank. Yeah. Wow. Wow. 
Wow, it used to be a 30 cal on the Sherman. So it's a 50 cal? The one on the tank commander's position is a 50 cal. There's a 30 cal <sighs> mounted alongside the main gun, and then the loader has a 30 cal, the same exact 30 yeah. cal. I'm just yeah. telling you, that's got to shake you around a little bit. Not on the tank, because no. tank's 70 tons. Yeah, it, it's mounted on the tank. So Wow. I would like to shoot that. <laughs> that would be fun. That that I'm just telling you, shooting is fun. Yep. That's fun. I, I talked to guys that get were in the military and they would go out and uh, would use fifty cals and would literally cut down parts of a forest because they would chop trees with them. That's a half inch. Yeah. And heavy. So yeah, hitting something with a fifty cal is pretty pretty significant. So don't do your thing. How much does a fifty cal cost now? Do you have to have a special license to have one? You would you'd have to have a class three stamp to, to own a fully automatic one, but they're I don't need a fully Barrett, automatic. Barrett and other companies make semi auto and bolt action fifty cals, and I they're got to be in the thousands of dollars, but I don't know how much. I mean, I'll never forget the first time somebody put a fifty cal bullet in my hand, and I went, "Holy crap!" <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's a big bullet yes it is it's huge and i i got to shoot it and i was like okay is this going to tear my shoulder off and i i learned something a long time ago about recoil you lean into the rifle oh yeah you always gotta lean don't if you're scared of it don't shoot it because it will hurt you yep and the same with pistols. If you lean put body weight, lean into it and push body weight down onto it, you'll control the recoil. The gun will move much less if you do that. Yeah, three fifty seven. I love the three fifty seven. They were fun to shoot. Yep. I scared my wife, and I said, "You know what scared you? Well, it was loud. Yeah, it makes a big noise, but it makes a big impact. <laughs> yep. Kick, kicks like a mule. Loud yeah. as the Dickens. A flame's probably going to come out the barrel. What do you? Yeah, that's kind of cool if you shoot it at night. So. I got just a moment here. What about the pistol that you put in? You put in like twelve gauge slug, you know, shells. Are those worth having? You talking about the revolvers? You yeah. put four ten shot. Yeah, there you I, go. I have no use for them. There, a lot of people love them. I have no use for them as a fighting pistol. All right, Ed. You have a great Christmas. You too, Mister Dave. Thanks right. for having me on. Last Resorts Firearm Training. What's the Facebook again? Just get on Facebook and Last Resort Firearms Training is how it's listed. All right. Get yourself trained when you get that new gun for Christmas. And we do offer gift certificates. There you go. I'll talk to you later here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I wish I were with you. I wish I.